BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices, by developing better technologies, we keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com purpose. Parker, engineering your success. Welcome to the latest episode of Five on the Floor, the Five Reasons Sports Network. Thanks for finding us on your favorite podcast app or on Dash Radio. You can download the Dash Radio app for free. Search for Nothing But Net. We're there every day from 7, 7 p.m. to 8 p.m. Also, check out my new show on OnSideRadio.com. This Tuesday, I'll go to two hours a day, 10 a.m. to noon, all of your favorite Five Reasons Sports personalities. Also, check out FiveReasonsSports.com. Spell it out. It's where you have no paywall to all of our latest content including our latest column from Craig Davis, who's already looking ahead to who the Dolphins may pick at number three overall after their embarrassing end-of-season defeat up in Buffalo. Also, check out the great sponsors of the Five Reasons Sports Network. I'm not going to say that I had the best day here, but I'm going to give it another shot tomorrow. Check out mybookie.ag. Too much of anything is bad, but too much sports is barely enough. With that in mind, say hello to January 2021 from an expanded NFL playoffs and the BCS National Championship game, of course, Alabama and Ohio State, to the return of the NBA and the NHL. This is truly a great month to be a sports fan. We always tell people to head over to mybookie if they want to add a little excitement to the sports they love and the games they bet. I don't use my bookie because of some corporate overlord told me to. I use them because they're the best. They got the best platform and they'll hook you up with a 50% deposit bonus up to a thousand bucks when you sign up and they'll keep the good times rolling with giveaways, free bets and huge contests all year long. It's simple. Sign up, enter the promo code five on the floor, spell it out F I V E on the floor and get your deposit matched halfway up to a thousand bucks. Head over to mybookie.ag today and start 2021 off on the right foot. This year, bet with the best, bet with my bookie. And now, today's episode. One, two, three, four, five on the floor. Welcome to Five on the Floor, a daily show on the Miami Heat and the NBA featuring Ethan Skolnick with Alex Toledo and Greg Sylvander, part of the Five Reasons Sports Network. 
All right, Ethan Skolnick back on five on the floor. Got the whole crew here from five on the floor, Greg Sylvander and Alex Toledo. We're going to get right to it. Um, we hit a little bit of this on the stream the other night, but we were waiting until Sunday to address it. Now that the football season is officially over in South Florida, it is basketball season. And now some people in South Florida are going to be a little freaked out who haven't been following the first five games to find out that the heat started two and three. So we're going to go through the five biggest concerns after five games. Our guy, Greg Sylvander, has been nice enough to lay these out for us. And we're going to go sort of one through five. We'll introduce them as we get to them. Um, let's get these are not necessarily in order. OK, um, and I may mix this up a little bit from the way we presented the list initially. But let's get to this one. Um, the Heat made a few offseason decisions. They made a decision not to resign Jay Crowder. I think we all understood that based on, you know, they offered him 14 million for one year, according to Barry Jackson. Uh, but he wanted multiple years, wasn't something they were willing to do because they didn't want to cut into the 2021 cap space, Giannis or no Giannis. Um, he's gone, but they did sign Mo Harkless. They signed Avery Bradley and they re-signed Myers Leonard. Now, Avery has been really productive when he's played, but now he's in the protocol. So we'll see how that goes. But we're going to focus more on the other two, Mo Harkless and Myers Leonard. Um, Greg, how big a concern? We're going to sort of, you know, as we go through these one through five, we're going to sort of say very concerned, kind of concerned or not concerned at all. The fact that you've invested some in Mo Harkless and a lot in Myers Leonard for one year, and it doesn't seem like you're going to get a lot of production, at least early in the season. Where do you stand on that? Very concerned. Um, just because of the sheer fact that I think uh, if you look at Jay Crowder and what he commanded from Phoenix, uh, if, if you're talking about offering him one year, uh, a balloon payment. There's almost a part of me that like looks at this and says, well, with the way Myers Leonard plays, maybe that 9 million should have been added on top of whatever they were offering Jay to stay for one year and just keep him at that, you know, even larger number. And I know Jay's been up and down, but um, it's difficult when you don't see that replacement. And then Mo Harkless obviously has been slow to, to find his rhythm within the team. And he was somebody who I think people kind of pegged as someone who was going to uh, be maximized here. And that just hasn't came uh, to fruition. And as much as we talk about depth and, and, and how this team has interchangeable parts to have two pieces that are essentially not really playable and they're not functional, uh, that, that's going to catch up with them, especially when you have other guys that are trying to get up to speed. I think it's the position that they play. Well, they don't play the same position, but the fact that they're both being counted on in the front court and that's where, you know, we obviously know that the heat have depth in the back court, but in the front court, there are issues with depth. Who's going to be the four, or at the very least, if Myers could be the five, then Bam could be the four. And this conversation about not having a true four now, because you really don't know what you can get out of these two guys. And then, you know, again, Precious is a rookie. They don't want to force him to too many minutes. Alex, where do you stand on it? Honestly, I'm probably in the middle there. So what's the, the middle option? Somewhat concerned? Yeah, I would say somewhat. Yeah, that's kind of where I'm at with it right now. I think there's obviously like a, a hole at the starting power forward thing. And I think that's kind of what everybody is so honed in on. And I get it. Like Jay Crowder was very stable for them, uh, especially, you know, in the playoffs when he just went completely off versus the Milwaukee Bucks. And I don't have the numbers on me, but I know that, you know, the rest of the playoffs, he was not particularly hot outside of that Bucks series. And so to me, the thing is a little bit overstated. I don't think he would have been that hot all season this year. I think we're kind of, uh, painting a, a, a more romantic picture of Jay Crowder uh, than what would have been if, you you know, you keep him for long term. And it sounded like he, he wanted the years. And if that's really what it was, to me, it just doesn't really make sense to talk about it a lot. Now, if 
what Leif was talking about there, that he, if he would have been, you know, willing to take on a deal like that, I think that's a good conversation. But if it was about the years, then to me, it's not really worth talking about. Now, as far as answers on this roster, they really just got to keep trying things out. I don't think Iguodala is a long-term starter or even a short-term starter. I think I think of him as a rotation player who can be a closer for you in the playoffs if you really need another, you know, wing defender out there because you don't trust your other guys. But the answer is not Mo Harkless. I'm skeptical the answer is Myers Leonard. You know, I think you could trot him out in the regular season, but I'm not 100% sure. I would like to see them try out Kelly at one point uh, back in the starting lineup. I think that would be interesting, especially since uh, Precious' numbers have looked good when he doesn't have another big next to him too. So they could try that out and see what those look like off the bench with Iguodala there. So I think there's some stuff they haven't tried out yet, but it would be nice if they could consolidate some of this stuff and pick up a starting uh, caliber four. Yeah, I am somewhat concerned, but the reason I'm not overly concerned is I don't think the Heat really counted on either of them to be huge factors from a playing standpoint later in the season. So so to me, it's problematic now, but I, I don't think that they were viewing it and saying, you know, look, last year Myers was on the roster. He was an important part of the team as a starter and then didn't play in the playoffs and they went to the finals. So I, I don't think that they were really viewing it as, you know, something where they were counting on him and the same for Harkless. I've always said I thought Harkless was a stand in until either Akpala or Precious was ready. And so I don't think that they expected to have to go to Iguodala this early as this as the stopgap, but but he's still essentially a stopgap. So that's why I'm not especially concerned. The Mo Harkless money is not significant. Now the Myers Leonard money is another conversation. But again, what were you going to do with it? Like, I, I mean, give Crowder twenty million to stay. Like, I, I mean, it, it was going to come down to the second year anyway. So I, I don't. I'm not going to make a big deal about this. But let's get to number two, which I think is paired with this, which is that it does appear that the team appears to lack a front court complement to bam uh, whether it's even either a stretch big or sort of a three and d power forward and the fact that you're playing andre Iguodala at his age at that position even if it's early in the season is not i mean andre is supposed to be a break glass in case of emergency guy at this stage with a favorable contract and a good locker room guy or at least he's been with miami he wasn't with memphis and instead you know you're plugging him into the starting lineup because you don't appear to either trust akpala at this stage you don't want to force feed precious you don't trust Harkless or Myers. You don't want to sort of give Olenek those minutes, although I'm, I'm with you, Alex. I'm getting a little closer to that one. Like, how big a concern is – I'll start with you, Alex, on this one. How big is the concern that they just don't appear to ha- – I mean, this we knew they needed to do this this offseason, and, you know, other than drafting Precious, it doesn't appear that they've addressed that problem. Yeah, that's the thing. I think uh, there was kind of a baseline that we all – or maybe some of us expected Mo Harkless could get to, and he just hasn't. He had not even close, and, like – there is a point where it could get mean with Mo Harkless and talking about him, but there's only the facts, right? And, uh, you know, people have tweeted out his advanced stats and they're very, very bad on both ends of the floor. Like, I think he's only made one field goal. He's made, he missed all his twos. Like, and the defensive numbers aren't there. They're not winning any types of, you know, lineups when he's on the floor. I mean, and and I know he's not, you know, he's he hasn't had a lot of playing time. He didn't get a traditional offseason and training camp and everything that builds up to a season to start with a new team like this, they run a complex offense, but at the end of the day, and there you go, that's going to be my only one tonight. He's going to get a, maybe that's a, he's going to get a bunch (laughs) of open shots or he was supposed to get a bunch of open shots. That should be easy. And, you know, just play solid perimeter defense. He hasn't even given you that. And I think that's kind of what you were counting on just to be him to be a rotation player. He's been a lot worse than that so far. He could turn it around and go back to being, you know, a ninth, 10th guy. But he hasn't even been that yet. And that's a problem. I think that's kind of made it look even worse. We, you know, with Jimmy uh, being hurt and then playing 
uh, playing hurt. But now the if the answers on the roster, like you either got to give KZ the, the the minutes, you keep playing Iguodala, which doesn't seem like the answer, or like I said before, consolidate and trade for I don't know, like a Harrison Barnes type or some other four that you can throw in there. I don't even think it's a, it's really a thing. I, you just need the body, I think, at this point more than somebody who's like a perfect, uh, you know, elite defender at the four or anything like that. Somebody who can play both ends for you at a at a good rate. Right, Greg, I'll go to you next on this, but before I do, I'll weigh in. I, I'm very concerned about this one. I, I, I don't, I'm not as concerned again about the Harkless and Myers playing time as I am about the fact that I, I just don't see an answer on this roster right now at this position. And, and really the last thing that I think you wanted to do was wear Bam down during the season. And I, again, unless they're comfortable with Akpala soon. You got to go back gonna, to going big, right? They're going to have to go single big. And if they go single big. No, I'm early, saying double big in the starting lineup. Well, double big in the starting line. Oh, so, oh, so Kelly, but then you're not bringing anybody. Kelly or Myers. That's, but then that's... you're not bringing any. But then Alex, you're not bringing anybody with scoring punch off the bench. Like, I mean, t- to me, I'm coming closer on the Kelly thing. I am. But Kelly's so inconsistent. And and it's just like, so I like having Kelly off the bench because it's like if he has it one night, he has it. And if he doesn't, then, you you know, and you ride him, you know, if he's playing well, like he did in the New Orleans game. Or there's some well, season, never like, has it. Or, or, you, or you just sit him down completely. Uh, Greg, how concerned? Absolutely. 100% concerned. The answer is not on the roster. Like, let's just not sugarcoat this. Like even Jay Crowder, um, nobody expected him to do what he did and morph into the perfect compliment in that size down switch everything. Um, you know, like uh, four that can shoot threes, but guard up and just all the things that he brought. And that was, you know, not something that we thought was sustainable, but that's essentially what you were looking for next to Bam if you're going to size down and that player is not on the roster, like let's just not sugarcoat it. So ultimately this is a big problem in that. I think the only way to really solve it is going to be to um, either insert Olenek and find the magic that Adebayo and Olenek had previously in, in a couple years back, there was, you know, basically every advanced metric pointed to that, that front court duo being really, really good. Either you get back to something like that, or I have a feeling that they're going to have to look at the trade market. I mean, I just don't see any other answer. All right. We're going to get to the third one. I feel like all of these are paired together, but this is what we came up with. And then we'll get to the last two after the break, um, which is that this team right now through five games, uh, we'll see. I don't know if they are right now, Greg, but they were when we compiled this last in the league in rebounds last in the league in blocks. And that even comes with, you know, including a Tyler hero 15 rebound game. But this is a team that, again, it doesn't seem like it can play big right now. So it has to get smaller. In fact, the lineup that we all like would have Jimmy Butler at the four, which is is not necessarily a lineup that I don't is know how you be, could start that for the whole season. Well, well you're not going to you're certainly not going to generate more rebounds and blocks if that's what you're going to go with. Uh, but, Greg, I mean, looking at that, I know you say it's not on the roster right now, but they got to deal with what's on the roster. Um I'm, I'm some, I will say somewhat to very concerned, but not the blocks part, because we know with Hassan Whiteside blocks are not everything, but the rebounding part to me, I mean, the second opportunities that other teams are getting, and then we're going to get to the turnovers, but the heat are just getting squeezed on possessions every single game. They're getting dominated in terms of shot attempts. And so if they're not making their threes and they can't make up the three for twos, and then we'll talk about Jimmy, but if they're not getting to the line consistently, then again, they don't have a way to make up those extra points. How concerned, Greg, about the about the rebounding and block numbers, which are pretty atrocious so far? 
I'm concerned about it as it relates to win loss records and regular seasons. I'm less concerned about it when the rotation shrinks and we get to any kind of playoff basketball. I mean, right now to be 30th in the league in rebounds and, um, uh, 30th, uh, you know, you mentioned the turnovers. We're not really going there yet. Block shots, they're 28th. So, and I, and I know blocks can be a misleading stat, but it's kind of the big man stats. And it just points to that. I think one of the things that we've seen from Bam is with an increased focus on his offensive game, which we knew was coming and, um, is, is a welcome sight. Uh, there's just certain parts of that when and you're doing a lot of the hanging that way with field goal attempts where uh, you see the rebounds per game dip just a bit. And I think that eventually it'll shake out higher, but you're going to need other guys to rebound up bigger than their size. And hero was really good at that last year. There were a number of guys, Jay, another guy who would rebound bigger than their size. So you're either going to need guys to start to step up in that way and rebound bigger than their size would indicate, or again, this is one where um, if you're paying, you know, Myers Leonard to be a $9 million rebounder and he's not playing and he's not rebounding, that's an issue. Alex. So I think this is actually an interesting one that I haven't put in too much thought into as far as like, I know that rebounding wasn't uh, a strength for them last year, but they weren't last in the league. I mean, the same with turnovers, but that was also like just kind of a something that, that could be a little bit more predictable with the type of offense they run. But the rebounds thing is a little bit weird. I know they're small, so maybe we shouldn't be surprised at it. But being last in the league is weird. I wonder if it has to do with some type of uh, schematic thing where Spo is telling them to get back in transition more on one end. And on the other end, like, you know, they're just not emphasized. I wonder if, like, I, I would like to uh, compare some of the games from this year versus last year in the regular season to see if anything's changed there. Because that, that one's kind of just weird to me well, well Alex, uh, as far it, as my Alex, concern it can, be a chick it can be a chicken or the egg thing though right alex because it can be like you mentioned sometimes rebounding is a product of missing shots right because well, that's you true. get more defense rebounds <laughs> than offense it's always rebounds. a product of missing shots <laughs> well, well it is exactly so if you're missing more shots yeah. than you typically make then you're it's going to lead to more rebounds for the other team because defensive rebounds are easier to get than offensive rebounds by about a four to one margin so i mm. i get that but you know, again, getting to your level of concern on it. I mean, it's a small sample size. I'm very concerned. But if I don't know that all the answers are on yeah, the if roster. If they're going to stay at you know bottom five in the league all year, then I'm very concerned because they're going to go up versus big teams in the playoffs. Like I think it's that simple. Uh, before even getting to the Lakers, which is the most obvious one that everybody's worried about, uh, you got to go through the East, and a lot of these teams have size, man. And I just think that can be something that can be exploited in the playoffs, especially if you get Bam in foul trouble. We saw what happened last year when Bam, you know, gets off the floor quickly. Uh, things can go to hell. And uh, <laughs> that's why they kind of drafted Precious. But again, Precious can't be, you know, relied on, I don't think, that heavily in the playoffs. And especially, like, to be a big rebounder guy, he he hustles for rebounds. He's very athletic. I think he's he's going to be good at it. But they're not there yet. Like, I, they might not have enough as far as rebounding. I think they'll be able to make up for it in other ways, but they've got to get everything else kind of fixed. And they got to get themselves out of that bottom five. All right, we're going to get to two more in, uh, after the break, and also we're going to talk about There's a bonus one that I think we... This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. What's the first thing you'd do if you had an extra hour in your day? Go for a run, take a nap, maybe check the stats of the latest Miami Heat game? I've got a better idea. A lot of us spend our lives wishing we had more time. The question is time for what? If time was unlimited, how would you use it? The best way to squeeze that special thing into your schedule is to know what's important to you and make it a priority. Therapy can help you find what matters to you so you can do more of it. 
I've benefited from therapy. I went through some life changes, major life events, had some difficulties, wasn't a believer in therapy, but it helped me and it can help you also. So if you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. So learn to make time for what makes you happy with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash Miami Heat today to get 10% off your first month. Again, that's betterhelp, H-E-L-P.com slash Miami Heat. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. We should throw in, so we'll do that. But did you know that now is the best time to sell a house in South Florida? Prices, believe it or not, are at record levels. Your property is probably worth more than you realize. If you're interested in finding out how much, reach out to our guy, Eric Brown, at fivereasonsrealtor.com. He appears with us sometimes here and does his value play segment. Big, big NBA fan. He's also the official real estate advisor of the Five Reasons Sports Network. Hence the URL. Eric's a real estate professional with several years of experience representing clients from all walks of life. He's got a Wharton School of Business Education and is uniquely qualified at identifying property value, negotiating on behalf, and providing an unmatched level of service. So if you're considering selling or buying a home in South Florida, just want to chat about the heat or real estate, contact our guy, Eric Brown, at 305-967-9089. That's 305-967-9089 or go to 5reasonsrealtor.com. Again, spell it out just like our website. If he can't help you, he'll recommend someone who can find out what his specialized business approach very professional, again, business-oriented, can do for you today. Eric Brown at FiveReasonsRealtor.com, the official real estate advisor of the Five Reasons Sports Network. All right, let's get to two more here. We're going to close with the Jimmy one, but um, as we're talking about like places where the, the heater rank last, turnovers. Um, and maybe this is where we talk about hero a little bit because, again, I, I think people are getting caught up in the semantics of what position Tyler Hero is playing. Kendrick Nunn basically played in this spot last year and nobody was really calling him the heat point guard. So I think people like us have something to do with this because we've talked so much about Tyler's ball handling. He's not their biggest turnover problem nope. though. Like actually Bam has been their biggest turnover yeah. problem. Um, so, I mean, he's part of it. They seem to be better organized whenever Dragic is on the floor, whether heroes out there with him or not. We're going to talk in upcoming episodes about the need for another point guard. There's a certain guy, maybe Greg, you want to drop a name in here that maybe they should go after. But I mean, the turnover problem, can it be solved with what? Let's start here. How concerned are you, Greg? And can it be solved with who's on the roster, including Tyler Hero handling the ball a lot? Can it be solved? Yes. Am I concerned? No. 
because ultimately uh, what this is reliant upon is your best playmakers, Jimmy Butler and Bam Adebayo, not turning the ball over because they are essentially your point guards and your, um, your creators. So I think that like grand scheme, those guys are probably going to take care of the ball as they did in crunch time um, in big moments last year. So I would expect that to continue. You expect the other young players, uh, particularly Tyler Hero, to continue to get better there. So I'm not really overly concerned by it. But where it gets concerning is that if the availability of your top guys that were going to be the initiators um, comes into question, or if they're are spurts throughout the season where you are uh, turning the ball over or the, or our guys are just not ready yet. How do you make it through the grind of a long season without very many true point guards on the roster? I mean, the closest thing you have is Goran Dragic and, and truthfully there were years where he was kind of really considered a combo guard, not a point guard. And he's probably the truest right. thing to a, a point guard they have. So, I mean, this is where it's going to get interesting. If, if, if the issues continue, the turnovers don't stop and the wins do not pile up, you could start to hear a name like Kyle Lowry, maybe being something that could be an interesting um, uh, fit that it, you know, for a number of reasons that we can get into in another episode, but those are the type of players that can kind of lead a team and, and get people organized that I think that he could look at. Well, and before I go to you, Alex, uh, we are going to talk about Kyle more because we've talked about Kyle on previous episodes. We've talked about Jimmy's affection for Kyle. The Heat love Kyle. Um, as we know, they made a run at him a few years ago and the Raptors have started slow. And if the Raptors started slow, there was a real possibility that they could move him. And so we're throwing this back out there on five on the floor that this is a name that we're going to be watching very, very, very carefully for all of those reasons and the reasons Greg mentioned. Um, I'll, before I get to Alex, I, I am somewhat concerned about this, but not especially. I, like you said, I do think the rotation shrinks. We're going to talk about Jimmy. I think once the ball is in the hands of the right guys and these, some of these players learn each other a little bit better, the turnovers will come down. I think some of this is sort of – I think it's, it's fatigue, and I don't mean to make excuses for them because I'm not. But, again, they and the Lakers had the quickest turnaround – uh, it's a weird deal. They came back and these guys just don't look ready. I mean, a lot of the shots are short, but the other manifestation of not being sort of mentally into it is just sloppy decision-making. And I think we've seen a lot of sloppy decision-making and also again, Jimmy not being in the lineup, I think has really created some issues for them. So I will say somewhat concerned, but I'm more towards the, not all that concerned. Uh, Alex, how concerned are you? Uh, somewhat concerned again, I, you know, I'm not trying to <laughs> sound like I'm hedging on my bets, but Really, the thing with the turnovers is interesting because, like you said, Bam has taken on a lot, and I think everything you just said right there is fair. And, you know, like I mentioned earlier, that, you know, they run a complex offense. I'm sure there's a lot of factors that go into this, especially, like you said, the turnaround. You know, Jimmy not being healthy definitely has a whole lot to do with it. But, look, man, I was looking at the numbers just now while you guys were talking, and they, they were in the bottom 10 in turnover percentage, but not anywhere near 30. So I would like for them to get to a back around 20 or 18 like they were last year. And all of a sudden, I don't just I think like it's easier said than done. But that it, it just makes it so much less of a problem if they can get back to that area where they're not just I mean, if they can't develop a rhythm, if you're last in the league in turnovers, you're not going to be a real contender. It's well, that simple not. to me. But it's the other thing, Alex, it's what I'm talking about. It's just their shot attempts. They can't get their shot attempts up because uh, they're giving up because the, they're not rebounding. And then they're turning the ball over. And, and look, so by the way, the other thing with the rebounds is, is a similar thing. They were in the top 10 in rebound percentage last year. And in the, 
I want to say there was it was 18th in total rebounds. Mm-hmm. So it wasn't nearly as much of a problem last year. So I feel actually a little bit more optimistic about that than the turnover yeah, problem. It's a five right. game sample. <laughs> exactly. Right, exactly. Right, of course. Right. So I'm not trying to say that these stats are, you know, it's a, it, it, like you said, it's a five game sample, but I'm just interested in, you know, uh, the team that they've been so far versus what they were last year. And I think I'm optimistic that they will get back to that point with the rebounding and the turnovers than not. I, I'm with you in that I think statistics. And if not Kyle Lowry, by the way, just take a look at George Hill. We, well, you we and I were talking about him on the string today. He's interesting, and he'd be a lot cheaper. That might just cost you unprotecting a pick and Kendrick Nunn, maybe. I mean, so uh, that's, that, right, I mean, that's, that's more interesting to me in some ways because of what you'd have to give up. Um, and I think he fits here perfectly also, but I'm a big Kyle Lowry fan. So, I mean, I, I could go either way on that one. But I think what we've all kind of agreed with uh, is – I think the statistics we're not as concerned about, like the turnovers, the rebounds, it's really more the fits. Like we're talking about, you know, do they really have a four to play next to Bam on this roster? And we're all looking around and saying they might not if they don't think KZ is ready for it or they don't think Precious is ready for it. Um, whereas I think the numbers, I think some of this stuff starts to level out. But let's get to the last one after this word from Manscaped. We'll get back to our episode here in a second. Before we do, I want to tell you about another of the great sponsors of the Five Reasons Sports Network. You know, Knicks are no good in the NBA. You're familiar with that? The Knicks are no good? Well, Knicks are no good when you're shaving certain parts of your body either. So that's why Manscaped has redesigned the electric trimmer. The Manscaped engineering team spent 18 months perfecting the greatest ball hair trimmer ever created. I never thought I would actually say that on a podcast and just released the new and improved lawnmower 3.0. Their third generation trimmer features a cutting edge ceramic blade to reduce grooming accidents. Thanks to advanced skin safe technology pioneered by Manscaped. When I tell you this is premium, I mean, premium, the battery will last up to 90 minutes so you can take a longer shave. The waterproof technology allows you to groom in the shower. One of the coolest features is the LED light, which illuminates grooming areas for a closer and more precise trimming. And let's not forget about the charging stand. Show your mower off loud and proud because this intelligently designed stand is a convenient charging dock powered by USB. If you're listening to me speak right now, I want you to experience it firsthand for yourself. Make sure you trim yourself. Get 20% off and free shipping with the code 5RSN at manscaped.com. And now this is where I end my career. Your balls will thank you. And now back to the episode. All right, Ethan Skolnick back on five on the floor. Now here's the last one. And I'll start on this one and go to you guys. To me, the single biggest issue with this team is the one that's going to resolve itself. Okay. Which is Jimmy. Um, you're not going anywhere if Jimmy's playing the way he's played so far. He's played two and a half games, basically. He's played well in maybe one half, maybe. And I think it's a challenge to even say that. Um, he was great defensively with the seven steals, but offensively he's looked completely disjointed, out of rhythm. Didn't miss the two preseason games. Again, missed two and a half games so far this year. And they feed off him to such a degree that my thing is like, we've had this conversation. How do you manage him the entire season? You don't want to push him, but also you've got a lot of other guys that are going to fall by the wayside. If he's not out there, like guys like hero and Robinson, somebody we haven't talked about much, but I don't think has been particularly effective this year, at least not as effective as he was for long stretches last year. And they need him out there. And so here's my thing on this. I'm not concerned about it because I think Jimmy will get back to being Jimmy. Like I I just, he's a really good player. He's going to get back to being a really good player, but I do think it's the single biggest reason why they've struggled out of the gate. So I I know those things sound incongruent, you know, 
incongruous, but that's kind of where I'm at with it, Greg. Yeah, well, Jimmy can do whatever the hell he wants after what he just did for us in the finals uh, a few months back. Um, I feel like he should get a pass for at least the first 90 days of the season. Uh, and I shall not be uh, participating in any Jimmy Butler slander uh, go forward, no matter how bad he plays. But I'll, I'll just say this, that um, the one thing I'll be watching for is um, if they stay a three, a four, a five, a six in the standings, all good. Everything is fine. If they start sliding and it gets weird and you're in the nine and the 10 and the 11 and the 12 range and I, and, and five games in is not the time to look at that at all. I would say like, let's revisit that around 20 games in that's where it's going to become more of an emphasis of Jimmy's going to need to carry the team in ways that we know he can, or do you look for reinforcements so that Jimmy can continue to pace himself to be yep. continued? <laughs> that, 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 so what, how, how concerned are you? Just, I mean, not concerned, right? I mean, because he's Jimmy. Exactly. Jimmy can do whatever he wants. I'm not concerned. It's Jimmy. Yeah. Alex, where are you? Not concerned. And I think it's good that you put this last because I think it really does connect to everything else we talked about here. Like, and like I said before, the five game samples and the statistics I used, I'm not using that as end all be all, but Jimmy, you know, all of that connects with Jimmy too. The, the turnovers and the rebounds, he helps you with that. The shot making, he helps you with that. And, and you know, let's talk about one thing that we haven't mentioned all show. The Heat are kind of below average in three-point percentage so far through these five games. That's not the team they are. So I'm expecting some of this stuff to level out a little bit as the team paces through. And I think, like Leif said, you just can't get into a big slump where you're, you're you know, consistently falling down the standings and sliding down. I think that's where it can get dangerous. But if Jimmy can just kind of pace himself and, and, and come back and – to being that guy that he was even last season. I don't need him to be putting up 24 a game and hitting a bunch of jumpers and being playoff Jimmy and, you know, trying to carry everybody throughout the season. I just need the offense to look how it did last season and for the, you know, some of the defensive intensity to come up a little bit because they haven't been particularly good on that end either. So yeah, it's been a, a rough start, but I end up kind of going down to not very much concerned and kind of agreeing that they, it just really does seem like they're going to have to consolidate the roster to kind of make it make a little bit more sense, especially if you're, you know, you're talking about yourself as a championship contender. Yeah, I, I think we've all kind of agreed on this, that, I mean, the Jimmy thing is not a huge concern. The statistics are not a huge concern. But the answers on Jimmy's health, just being out there is necessary for this team, but also and being effective, obviously, and being dynamic and being the guy that they all feed off of. Uh, but I also think that the one thing we've all agreed on is, they need a four. Um, they need a four. And, and I, I think that's critical. Think, and they may need a point guard. And that's where we're gonna we're gonna talk about Lowry in future can I episodes. Say something? No, can we have a quick, quick, quick discussion on how worried we are about the four thing for the playoffs? Because I feel like we all kind of talked about it from the regular season aspect more than anything. And I, I think that's kind of an interesting uh point too, because to me, the thing with Crowder that was interesting, like you guys mentioned, was the defensive first versatility at the four. And like, I feel like Iguodala can replace a lot of that. He just cannot replace the offensive side of it, which is what made Crowder really stand out because he was taking so many threes. I and just I think don't think that, play, I don't think the players on the roster playoffs exactly. or not. I really don't. I, I don't think he's on the roster either. Yeah, I don't think I, there I, is a Crowder replacement, but how worried about like, okay, it, let's say this is the roster that goes into the playoffs. Are you, what, what part are you worried about as far as what you're going to miss from the four? Like, do you think that's a, that's a thing that can swing you from the conference the, finals the, to the I, finals? I, 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 
I, I think a, stre- a stretch player who can guard up. They, they need a stretch player who can guard up. And I don't think they anticipated that Crowder would be that guy last year necessarily, but he was that guy. And so it, your two options here are really, and, and we'll close, our, our two options to me are either you got to find a real five to play next to Bam, who you trust to play next to Bam, and that's not on the roster, okay, in terms of doing that consistently. Because even when Myers was doing it last year, he's basically playing single stints in each half, with rare exceptions. So basically, and then they decide in the playoffs not to go to it. And I know his ankle played into it, but they decided not to go to it. So that player is not on the roster. They don't think Kelly's that player clearly, or they just would start him with bam already. And so, you know, the question is, you know, is that other guy there and, you know, either to be the five to play with bam or be the four to play with bam. And I don't think that player is there. And I think that that is more of a concern to me than some of the issues in the background. I mean, I think it's fascinating that if you if we had talked about this two months ago, guys, and said what was going to be their biggest issue in the season, it was going to be, well, when's Goran Dragic going to be back from that foot injury? And like the one guy we're not concerned about on the roster, I think Brady broke it down, like of their top like 10 two-man combinations, like Goran's in eight of them. Like he's been, he's been the one guy, the one guy we didn't know if he was going to be healthy. He's been the one guy that you can count on. The whole and, other and bench Bam, lines have just been dominant. Right. Well, the bench, right, because of Goron, yeah. mostly. I mean, and, well, and, then, and Bradley and Kelly have been pretty good, too. They've been good, too. And, and we'll get into Bradley and more and how long that's that may keep him out. We'll see what happens there. But uh, I mean, Goran's been the one guy not to worry about. But I do think that the issue in the four I'm with Greg. I don't think the player I think there's one of two options. Well, he's not on, the roster. not on the roster. I, I was mostly he's talking about the... short term in the playoffs more than as a long term who plays next to Bam thing, because I think like they'll have enough to kind of get back to the finals they really want to, but it's going to be tough because they're going to have to constantly be creative about, you know, what lineups they play and don't play. Whereas last year it was just like, okay, we're going to roll with Crowder. That's the thing. They were, they rolled with Crowder, but, but I don't know that they anticipated they were going to roll. With they have Crowder. more defensive options at different positions than they did last year. That's the thing. They, they downgraded the four, but now they can guard guards. They have a, you know, a backup five that you trust that won't get you completely destroyed when Bam is off the floor. So to me, that's why I'm, I'm a little bit in the middle. Cause I feel like, you know, a simple trade can kind of get you back to a place that I think once you look at the roster might be even better than last year, considering, all, you know, all the guys that are there. All right. We'll get into it more in future episodes. We're obviously going to stream this week after some of the games. Also clutch corner coming up on Tuesday with our guy, Adam Barai. We will touch more there on the Kyle Lowry possibility. Maybe even Oladipo, George Hill. We'll look at some of these other names, but again, they're not fours. So we got to talk about some fours also and see where we go. Thanks to Greg. Thanks to Alex. Check out our sponsors, five reasons, realtor.com mybookie.ag use the code there five on the floor and of course manscape.com for 20 percent off use the code five rsn thank you for listening to the five on the floor on the five regional sports network At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com purpose. Parker, engineering your success. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. 
But you're the filet fish sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.